Welcome to Talk and Tea with Amanda. I'm your host, Amanda Brutus Phillips. So I hope you have a nice hot cup or mug of tea. And before we get started into conversation, let's go ahead and just settle in with this tea. What I'd like for you to do is to pick your tea up. And just gently, if it's not too hot, just place your palm, one of your palms on the cup or mug. Close your eyes. And just begin to connect with your breath. Breathe in softly, gently, and naturally through your nostrils. And with each pass and exhalation, allow your body to relax. Allow yourself to be drawn closer into this present moment, the space that you're occupying. And just really feel the presence of your body, the presence of now, and the presence of what you're feeling, what's rising up inside of you as you sit in this stillness. Give yourself permission to simply be here. To allow the quiet to wrap around your shoulders like a warm blanket. You can feel the heat from your cup or mug diffusing into your palms and into your body, warming you in places that perhaps you need a little extra warmth today. Now take a moment to smell your tea and just inhale the scent. Notice what it smells like. Does it remind you of anything? Breathe in nice and deep. As you exhale, let it out through the mouth and relax into your body a little bit more. When you're ready, take a little sip. Notice what it tastes like in your mouth the heat, the flavor. Close your eyes again and rest in this gentle silence. Just feel grounded and anchored in the moment and in the space that you're occupying. When you're ready, go ahead and open your eyes. So this is our second episode, right? I'm so excited to share this platform with you and to have you here with me today. And so last week really was the inaugural um, podcast, very first podcast that I was so nervous to do. Um, it took me almost two years to get this podcast going because I had so much fear. And the fear really was stemming from, will they like it? What would people think of it? 
Um, so there, there was a lot of um, lack of confidence on my part. And again, I really want our sessions to be, um, I want to be seen. And so I'm going to always be honest with you and vulnerable with you um, during this podcast. And then last week, I just decided that it doesn't matter what, any, what anyone else thinks. It's just to get started and to just do it. And so here I am. And I'm grateful that you have decided to join me with your favorite cup of tea. And we can simply talk about matters of the heart and matters of the soul, things that affect us that maybe we, um, we don't honor enough. We don't give time to consider, talk about, and sit with. Um, so today I really like for us to talk a little bit about navigating grief. Um, as human beings, we're, we're, we're no strangers to suffering. We're no strangers to the feeling of grief. Um, and I've certainly, through my own experience, I've found that grief is so different from experience to experience and from person to person. Um, there, there is no um, one size fits all for the grieving process. And sometimes we don't even recognize that we're in grief. It's, grief can be so hidden um, within our bones that we, we miss it oftentimes. We have a, a sense and a feeling that something doesn't feel quite right. There might be some sadness. There might be um, some crying that just comes up out of the blue. Um, and so there's a deep sense of a depth of there, there's something that I've lost. Um, and sometimes we can't even name what that thing is. And so as we connect today with grief, I just want to bring through today maybe some of my own personal experience and then you can allow yourself to move into your own personal experiences with grief and, and notice how you arrived um, how you were in the process, and maybe you're still in the process. Um, I'm not of the mind that, the mindset that we go through grief and we're done and it's over. Because grief for me is, is a love story. It's about something, someone that we've lost, something that we loved, and we're grieving the absence of that thing. And we might not always know that the grief is present because there's so many different types of grief. And so there's grief in the terms of when you lose a loved one, whether it's a sudden unexpected loss or something that you were expecting journeying in the transition process with a friend or a loved one. Um, grief could be a divorce. It's an ending. Um, grief could be the loss of a pet, um, loss of a dream that was that never came to fruition. Um, grief could be empty nesting when your kids leave the house and they go off to college, right? And especially for mothers, you know, we're the nurturers and we spend so much time giving to our children that when they finally leave to go off to school, we are met with this space and 
um, there's a grief there because now our roles are changing, who we are are changing. Um, heartbreak, the end of a relationship, um, even something like infertility um, or health issues, right? So grief can really look like so many different things. Um, and how do we give ourselves permission to recognize number one that we're in grief and and how do we approach it i know my experiences with my grief when my mother died um, in 2015 or 6 2015 um, she was battling with diabetes and had a lot of diabetic complications and so we knew she was in and out of the hospital constantly and I had this deep sense that um, this was going to be her last days. And, and so there was a, a sense of mental preparation that I did with myself. And so when she finally did pass, um, it didn't take the sting, the mental preparation didn't take the sting away from her loss. Um, but there wasn't a shock. Like when my husband died in 2017, two years later, his death was unexpected and sudden and there was a shock with that and the grief was completely different um it felt as if a rug had been pulled out from under my feet and the experience and the journey in that particular process was more intense than the grief that um, i had with my mom and yet interestingly enough it all accumulated into into one big grief the death of my father when i was 10 the death of my mom in 2015 and and the death of my husband it all snowballed into one big massive grief so all the aspects and the parts that i hadn't touched yet with each of those losses all mushroomed into one experience and so one of the things that I recognized as well was what was my ability to meet my grief? How did my family model grief? Because some families don't know how to model grief. You know, so you have families who are connected to their suffering and they honor their suffering in a sacred way and they're with the feelings and their emotions. And then you have others that simply push it aside and they just keep going. They get busy, they go into work, distraction after distraction. And so I think if we have a strong sense of it's okay for me to be with this, we're more apt to sit in with the discomfort of grief. Um, but if we have never seen grief model, we've never seen um, our parents wail and mourn, we've never seen our parents cry, I find it becomes a little bit more difficult for us to enter into that space because we don't know what grief looks like. Um, and again, it looks so differently for so many people. It is not a linear process. I imagine grief 
as a zigzag line going in all different directions, right? And you don't know when it's going to end. There's no beginning and there's no ending. And what we can do is to offer ourselves so much compassion, right? Because normally grief kicks in with the first stage of uh, the grieving process, which tends to be denial. And frankly, there is no stage that's first, second, or third. I think we either drop into one or drop out of one. But denial usually tends to be the, fir the very first stage. And we, we come into denial because it's really more of a self-protective mechanism. Uh, sometimes we simply can't deal with the intense loss that we've just experienced. And we tend to just simply move into denial until we come to that place where we are ready to meet our grief. And so if you happen to be in that place, I want you to be very compassionate and gentle with yourself and know that it's okay. That it's okay that now is not the right time. And grief as well is not something that we can avoid, you know. Um, there are times when we do want to push it under the rug. There are times that we want to stay in bed and pull the covers over our head. Um, and what I've found even with that is in the most strangest of times, in the most unexpected of ways, the grief will just pop up whether I'm driving in the car and I hear a song that reminds me of my mom or my husband and tears will just sprout from my eyes. Or it could be late at night when I'm sleeping and a feeling and sensation will just come over me and all of a sudden I'm transported back to a particular time or I begin to, again, the floodgates open. And what I've learned to do is to, when that happens to me, is to really give myself permission to feel it. And so if it's tears, I, I just cry. You know, I, I'm no longer embarrassed about um, what someone will think about my red eyes, about, you know, because crying gives us that ugly face, right? And, and no one likes to cry in public because it's such a vulnerable act. Um, but one of the reasons why I give it, I give myself to the experience of crying, two things. One is that crying is, is really a healing experience. And two, if I put it off for a later time, I won't get that exact same feeling again. You know, so... I've learned now how to, if it comes up in a particular moment, I'm going to give myself to it and I'm going to allow myself to be seen and allow myself to be vulnerable and invite, if there are others around me, and invite others to journey with me into that vulnerable place. They might be uncomfortable and, and that's their work to do, or they they might be willing to sacredly journey with me and hold that sacred space for me to cry. Um, but, you know, whether they are and there aren't, um, it's really not my concern. My concern is I'm really utilizing the time to be with me, to be with what's coming up. And 
that's what's most important. And so Mark Nikpo has this great quote where he says, the pain was necessary to know the truth, but we don't have to keep the pain alive to keep the truth alive. And I think that's such a powerful quote because oftentimes we feel we have to hold on to the ache. The ache we think keeps us alive or keeps the memory of the loved one alive or keep the memory of whatever the loss was alive. And I have really found that to be true for me that I don't have to continue to suffer like this revolving door of suffering in order to keep the truth alive. I can still love my husband. I can still love my mom. I can still love my dad without holding on to the pain that I've lost them and they're no longer here. And the truth, the plain and simple truth is, it was love, right? It was love all along. Love was at the center of that story. And that I can keep alive. The pain, the suffering is a choice and I don't have to keep that alive. And so once you recognize that you are in grief and you can name it, give yourself space to maybe share and tell your story. Because I find that telling our story, whether it's to your pastor, a good friend, a therapist, the story then becomes like medicine that we take, medicine to heal the inner ache that we're experiencing. And that brings a deep sense of healing to our heart, just the simplicity of communicating what our ache might be and to share that with somebody else. Um, about a year after my husband passed, I decided that that's exactly what I wanted to do. And I also wanted to do it for other people. I felt so moved by my own experience and I knew that I'm not the only one experiencing grief. There's a whole community, there's a whole world experiencing grief. And now as we look into what's happening with this pandemic, it seems like the whole world is in grief. And I created a story time at a local space called Tell It, Share It, Say It. And it simply gave people an opportunity through any medium such as poetry, song, or just communicating verbally to share their story with the audience. And those stories were so powerful. And what that did for me, it gave me an opportunity to bond with other people in a way where I knew that I wasn't alone. I wasn't the only one with a grief story. Because oftentimes we tend to think that we're the only one experiencing a deep sense of loss, a deep sense of grief. And when we're reminded that we're not alone on this road, it helps to make the grieving process a bit more manageable. Right? And having the other to bear witness to us 
then becomes so important. So let's go ahead and just take a moment now, you know, maybe come back to your tea, take a sip, and just close your eyes and, and just connect with your own feelings for just a moment. Notice what's coming up in your feeling body, in your mental body, in your heart. And just give yourself permission to breathe into it. Whatever it is that you're feeling, can you just breathe into it? Just know that you're not alone on this journey. You're held, you're supported. I'd like to leave you with just a couple of things to take take away from our session today. Um, and this is from my workbook, Journeying Through Grief. I'll list a couple of um, these 12 steps um, after going through loss that we can, we can uh, employ. And so one of those things is acknowledge everything. Right? The passage of grief will bring many feelings to the surface. Your job as a conscious griever is to make room for it to churn, digest, and be released when the time is right. So acknowledge what you're feeling, right? Your feelings, everything that you're going through, you matter, you're worth it. Secondly, give yourself time. There is no need to rush your grief process. Healing will occur on its own natural time frame. This is a tender time to spend with your loss, the emotions that you're feeling, the wounds, and all that's passing inside of you. It's a journey that deserves time and respect. And third, be vulnerable. Be willing to be vulnerable. I know it's such a hard thing for us, right? Because we tend to think that vulnerability is such a weakness when in actuality, it's such a courageous act to step into that space, allowing yourself to be seen. Oftentimes in grief, we, we tend to think that we should show such immaculate strength that we are, we're, we're the superhero and we can get over this. When in fact, the greatest gift we can give ourselves is to just be vulnerable with what is. Your ache, your pain, your loss, it's a love story. Right. So this might mean that you give yourself permission to cry whenever the need arises, not making excuses for the way you feel. Maybe you need to just be alone and have some more alone time. Right. So this is your own precious experience 
and others don't get to navigate it for you or tell you how it should be done. I had an experience during my, in the onset couple months after my husband uh, transitioned where someone told me um, that I needed to start focusing on the future. Or sometimes people begin to say all these platitudes to you. And personally for me, I, f I find that a little insensitive, right? Because if you're just, especially if you're going through a very acute stage of grief where it's, it's still very fresh, um, it's difficult for that individual to just parcel out, um, moving into the next phase of their lives when they've just experienced loss. And the other piece of it is no one really wants to hear a platitude after they've lost something or someone. And so I'd like to leave you with some affirmations um, to guide you a little deeper on your journey. First one is, it is safe for me to be here. It is safe for me to be here. It is safe for me to feel. It is safe for me to be in this body. And lastly, I am grounded and anchored in this moment. The workbook has a lot more affirmations, but I don't want to overwhelm either. So I'm just going to leave you with those four. It is safe for me to be here. It is safe for me to feel. It is safe for me to be in this body. And I am grounded and anchored in this moment. And so I find when we can really be with the present moment, like be right here right now with exactly what it is we're experiencing and to be with it. What a gift, right? And, and maybe you don't, you don't come to that conclusion right away because that too takes time. But eventually I, I hope as it did with me that you recognize that being with the ache and the wound is a true gift. That there is growth happening there for you. And we don't see it in that space when we're in the grief. And I tend to see grief now as a transformational process because the we we used to be is no longer. And so even we ourselves now are going through a great change during the grief process. We are becoming again. And so take the time to be, to let kindness be a friend, to be extra gentle with yourself to employ great self-care. And we'll talk about self-care during another episode, but to employ great self-care and to be compassionate towards yourself and also towards others because it is hard for people to journey with someone who's going through an intense grief experience. And so the compassion is not just for yourself, but for the other as well. So thank you so much for joining me today for episode two of Talk and Tea with Amanda, how to navigate our grief experience.
Yes, it's, um, I hope it has been helpful for you to maybe get a little tips along the way here and you can uh, apply it in any way that resonates and feels right for you because I think it's important that we are inspired by what feels right for us, not what someone else thinks is right for us. So we're really engaging the heart in this process as we go along. That will be an important part of our journey is what do I feel inspired to do right now versus what should I do right now? And so let's all become inspired to do the work that feels right for us. I feel we'll find the healing will be more authentic once approached from that space. So wishing you an amazing week until we come together again next week. Next week, we can talk a little bit more about self-care. because Self-care is so important, not just as it relates to grief, right? But as it relates to everything else, right? How are we filling up our cup when we're given so much of ourselves? Setting strong, healthy boundaries um, is super important, especially during this pandemic, right? Um, this balance between doing and finding time to be still, which can be a very hard thing for so many people. So yes, my loves, thank you so much for joining me. I am so happy to share this space and time with you. Thank you for letting me come into your homes and into your heart. Um, thank you for sacredly listening and also not just listening to me, but also taking the time to listen to your own self, your own heart, your own body, your own mind, and creating and developing a deeper relationship with you, which is what this is all about, right? How can I create a deeper intimate relationship with me? It's all about intimacy. Um, intimacy isn't necessarily just intimacy between a man or a woman or your significant other. Oftentimes we forget to build intimacy with ourselves. And it's really important now as we navigate these uncertain times that we are learning how to trust from an internal space yeah, because out there it's chaotic but can we create and build an internal landscape that's solid that has meat to its bones that has peace engraved into it so thank you my name is amanda brutus phillips you can find me on holybadassliving.com and if you're interested in the workbook it's on holybadassliving.com and there's a discount code there for you if you'd like it is heal for journeying through grief okay. have a wonderful blessed day and week thank you